So you're getting older and things are starting to change with your body, your skin. Oh, let's face it, everything. We've come to the right place. My name's Jill Gilbert and welcome to Anti-Aging Uncensored, the show for driven women who want real solutions to defy their age. I'm obsessed with all things health, wellness, beauty, anti-aging, and helping you tackle the challenging and oh-so-extraordinary next years of your lives. So who am I? I'm an entrepreneur, mom, and self-proclaimed product junkie who never shies away from telling it like it is. I've spent the last decade producing one of the world's premier digital health and wellness shows, and now I'm bringing the leading experts and innovators directly to you. So pull up a chair right next to me for the real talk you crave. I'm asking nitty-gritty questions to get the answers and solutions we all need. Lower metabolisms, skincare changes, sex life, or lack thereof, no topic is off limit. It's time to pour your libation of choice, get comfy, and dive into the next episode of Anti Aging Uncensored. Did you know that heart disease is the biggest cause of death in women? I had no idea. So while today's podcast isn't sexy, it may just save your life. I've invited Dr. Dave Alpert one of health technology's most notable pioneers, to join me for an important conversation we all need to hear. Dr. Dave, as so many of us call him, left his job in cardiac medicine to become a world-class inventor and entrepreneur, having developed several medical devices, including one of digital health's greatest inventions called Cardia. I'm excited for my friend of over 10 years to weigh in on such imperative health issues for so many women, including What are the leading contributors to heart disease and how is our age playing a role in it? What are the key signs we should be on the lookout for as indicators we may need some real help? Are there simple steps we can take to avoid this silent killer? And ladies, this is not just about exercise. We'll hear answers on why women and particularly black women are significantly more prone to heart disease than men. You'll definitely want to hear this part for sure. He also answers the question if we need medication to treat this disease, or are there other alternatives? And last, you'll discover how is one innovation that fits in your wallet will give you the power to manage your own heart issues with or without a personal cardiologist. Are you ready for a nitty-gritty look on how we can rewrite the future of our own heart health? Here he is, my friend, Dr. Dave Alpert. Hello, Dr. Dave, and welcome to the Anti-Aging Uncensored podcast. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Jill. I'm happy to have you here. And I'm really excited to talk to you about how you are really changing the face of healthcare and growth in heart conditions and heart disease. It's been pretty crazy. So I thought what we would do is really start with understanding what the problems are. So when we think of a stroke or a heart attack, what is going on in our bodies? Well, most of the time, they're very similar events at different parts of the body. And most of the time, a heart attack is when there is a blood clot that stops the arterial blood, the blood that carries oxygen to a part of your heart muscle. And that's usually due to the fact that you've had a buildup over many decades, what we call atherosclerosis, it's flat, fatty plaque, sometimes with calcium. And then you get a blood clot that totally occludes it and causes a heart attack. A stroke is when you have the same thing. You get a blood clot, except it goes up into the brain and stops the blood flow to a part of the Mm. brain. And both of them are the same. You're stopping the delivery of oxygen to part of your body 
and we depend on oxygen. So both okay. your brain and your heart can't survive very long without it. Uh, your heart can survive minutes, your brain can survive seconds. So when this happens, uh, you, you find out about it fairly quickly. So wow. they're very similar just to different parts of the body. That's a great delineation for me because I never really thought about it that way. So it all stems from the heart. Let's define, because this is an area my dad had, I believe, an arrhythmia. So these are more the definitions of diagnosis that is going on with, with an individual. So we have atrial fibrillation, and then we also have arrhythmias. Well, Talk atrial, to me like I'm two. Yeah, <laughs> atrial fibrillation is just the most common arrhythmia. We, we talk about our heart being in rhythm, just like music, you know, a regular beat. You have that one, two beat in the background of your, of your music. Well, the heart has a normal rhythm. We call it normal sinus rhythm. And sinus just means that it it's, it's, it's normal, all right? Mm -hmm. And atrial fibrillation is the most common arrhythmia. And that's when the top part of the heart, the heart has a top chamber, Okay. Bottom chambers. When the top ceases to be to a normal heartbeat. And, and that's atrial fibrillation. And we have a number of treatments for that. And then arrhythmias also have other things. While atrial fibrillation oftentimes, the huge majority of time, is not something that would cause you to faint and certainly is not fatal itself, there are arrhythmias, the two being... Mm ventricular tachycardia and ventricular fibrillation that impact the bottom chamber of the heart. And those are, are what cause what we call sudden cardiac death. And essentially the heart stops being able to pump efficiently. And when, you know, I just told you that when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get blood or a part of the brain doesn't get blood, that's a bad thing. Well, just imagine your whole body doesn't get blood. And that's a really bad thing. And so that's what we call sudden cardiac death, but there are a lot of other kinds of arrhythmias. There are a number. It's just the, the most common arrhythmia is atrial fibrillation. So you hear about people having a sudden heart attack and possibly not having known anything. Are there things that we should be looking for and maybe being checked more frequently? Unfortunately, 50% of the time, the first symptom that you have heart that you have heart disease is that you have a a sudden event sudden death a heart attack you didn't have any symptoms that you recognized up to that point but we now know that first of all these things are principally diseases of aging it takes decades for these kinds of problems to build up and get to a critical point and so you know we look at in medicine your family history. Is there a family history of heart disease? We look at your blood pressure. Are you hypertensive? Do you have high blood pressure? We look at your blood cholesterol levels, the so-called HDL, LDL triglycerides. And these are all things that can contribute to your risk. And so, you know, are you overweight? Are mm -hmm. you hypertensive? So when as physicians and as people, we should be aware of these risk factors. It's part of the things that you need to know as me care, as you call it. Yes. <laughs> you know, am I at risk? And do I have a physician that recognizes my risk and, and, and then do things to, to address it 
and to potentially prevent because much of the disease, heart disease, uh, diabetes, are diseases that we can actually through lifestyle modification address. And so that's, oh, wow. a, that's a challenge. Prevention is, is underutilized and the most powerful medicine we have. Well, I definitely want to talk about that. Let me ask a couple quick questions about women. So our audience are, you know, a lot of driven women that want to know answers and want to understand what's going on with their bodies. And we want to help put them back in that sort of driver's seat of their own health. And so can you talk to me a little bit about women's heart health? I think you said women are more prone to heart disease. And you also mentioned uh, about black women having more more issues. So I can tell you one thing that's surprising to many people is that more women died of heart attacks than men in the last 40 years. That everybody thought, oh, no, wait a second. Aren't we invulnerable until we go through menopause? And the answer is no. The problem is, is that women are treated differently and have been. And this is a real effort we're having to put in medicine. That is, their symptoms were dismissed. They were not treated as aggressively as men. Uh, and this is a sad notion in that, you know, oh, well, at least women up through the age of 50 we shouldn't have to worry about them. That's just not true. And so we are now in medicine undergoing revolution. We have far more women cardiologists now who are mm-hmm. obsessive to this. Again, it's their mm-hmm. me care. And so we're, women are going to be treated better, but they haven't been. And then if you bring in race, that's a whole nother complicating factor because African-Americans have, again, not been treated as aggressively as Caucasians. And so imagine you're an African-American woman. You've got a double strike against you. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're not treated as aggressively. You're not recognized as, as being at risk. And, and so that it, it is a compounding problem of both is race it, do, and gender. Do you think that's an attribution or a, a byproduct of people just not wanting to spend money on the, these parts of the population or, you know, controlling costs about treatments or it's a little bit of a loaded question, I know, but I was on why we still have racism in medicine as opposed <laughs> yes. to racism in our, you know, yeah. racism, is, racism is everywhere. So it impacts us in medicine. You know, today we have this incredible pandemic. Yeah. What, what are some of the big risk factors? Race. Race. Okay. Yeah. Both Hispanics and Blacks uh, have worse outcomes. And so we're trying to figure out is that what, what's the issue? What's going on? And, and, and we don't, I mean, a lot of things about COVID we don't understand. And one of them is that. But, but you know, clearly people who live, uh, who are in the lower socioeconomic, you know, strata don't get as good medical care as those yeah. who are not. And so these are all real world issues. Uh, In a system where we have a multi-tiered payment, you know, if you're on Medicaid, I can tell you, you don't get the same care you get in private insurance. Now, some places you would. I I would be challenged on that. Mm -hmm. I I suspect that you live in San Francisco, that UCSF would say we give everybody the same level of care, whether you're a CEO or or whether you're a street person. And that may well be true because it's a great medical center and it's in San Francisco. (laughs) But you know, I, that's, you can't generalize. And so I, right. I would just tell you that, that women 
so there are places uh, at, at, at where my son is, is on the staff, Cedar sinai they have the Barbara Streisand's Women's Heart Institute. And Dr. Uh, Noelle Barry-Murs is the director. She's a magnificent, world-renowned cardiologist focused on trying to bring parity to women's heart care because women Excellent. are just at ri- as much risk. And, and the new head of the heart center at Cedars-Sinai is uh, uh, Dr. Christine Albert, who came from the Brigham and Women's Hospital. Again, really need a focus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people talk about, oh, well, we don't need affirmative action. That's just by, what we do. We need affirmative action for women's heart health. And we need to focus on it because it has been uh, underappreciated and undertreated for too long. So now let's go into more solution-oriented stuff, which is lifestyle and prevention, because knowing this information is power, right? It's power because whether or not we're receiving the best care is one part of it. But the other part is, what can we do? And um, you said earlier about diabetes largely and heart disease being greatly affected by lifestyle. So can you talk a little bit about those? And what do you mean by lifestyle exactly? Sure. Um, First of all, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Mm. What I can tell you is we've been in a long-term epidemic in the United States uh, not evenly distributed of obesity. And obesity, if, if you read the news, obesity is a significant risk factor for bad outcomes in COVID. We don't really understand that. I mean, there's some hypotheses, but we don't understand it. But what I can tell you is it's an absolute risk factor mm-hmm. when it comes to heart disease, when it comes to diabetes, and those all feed on themselves. If you have diabetes, you have a higher risk of heart disease. If you have hypertension, you have a higher risk of heart disease. And if you're able to reduce obesity, then you treat hypertension, you treat heart disease, and you treat diabetes, in essence, preventing those. So by addressing something that has been an epidemic, we can really go a long way to helping people reduce their risk of any of those chronic diseases. And there are some of them, even cancer, that is impacted by obesity. So this is a, this is a huge challenge that we as a society face, and in it, it's going to require uh, some real focus. Yeah, my dad used to always talk about inflammation of the body and um, how inflammation of the body causes so many things. And so it'll be really interesting to see what they discover over time with COVID, as well as we need to help people in those situations that are dealing with obesity figure out better ways to do things. And, you know, lower socioeconomic classes don't, don't have, aren't able to spend the money on everything. The first food. Food. <laughs> They're not going to Whole Foods. Okay. They, they live in food deserts. Yeah. They, yeah. And we have got to figure out ways to address that. Yeah, for and, sure. And, you know, fast food is not just fast, it's cheap. And so when you have high caloric content, high salt content and food that is prevalent and cheap. People and easy. easy. And easy. Exactly. So, I, you know, these people. I don't, cook, I don't have to take time because I'm working two jobs. Yeah. And I'm trying to survive. And, you know, I can stop by, you name it. I'm not going to name a restaurant, but you can stop by and pick up food even now. Yeah. You know, get and go. And so uh, these are all issues 
that 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 we've got to try to address as a society. Yep. Because otherwise, it it impacts all of us because of cost of healthcare, utilization of healthcare. Yeah, I think you know, seeing the big picture of how things are affecting us, even if they're not directly affecting us, is is so important. It's it's cause and effect of what's going on. Just because our our taxes, Medicare, Medicaid. Uh, hospital utilization, all of, it. Uh, it, all of these things are impacted by, by lifestyle and by the impacts of difficult lifestyles. And, and I would tell you, I'm not an expert, but I, my oldest son is an expert on obesity and obesity medicine. Yeah. He's a physician. And he, he would tell you, it's not a failure of individuals. It's a disease and it needs to be treated as a disease and it, you know, it's not a personal failing. It's it's got a it's a multifactorial disease. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he says they're you know treating it requires addressing all those factors. Before we moved on to the technology, I want to quickly address sort of people band-aiding things with drugs, or maybe they're not band-aids within heart disease. There's heart medications you hear about, pharma commercials, <laughs> all of that. They're not Band-Aids. They're, They're not. legitimate, real, useful treatments. Okay. Um, the issue is we live in a society where give me a pill, doc. It's a lot easier for me to take a pill to control my blood pressure than it is for me to exercise and diet. Yeah, Those are much harder and to sustain them. I can get up every morning and take a pill. That I can do. And if I can just keep living my life without throwing monkey wrenches into my schedule or into my diet or whatever, that's easy. And so there's a lot of, of impetus and pressure to just give me a pill. That's our society. And unfortunately, breaking bad habits or changing them is, is a challenge. Such. So medication is very useful because we, you know, let's take one that, that people sometimes put in a bugaboo in, statins. Mm-hmm. Statins have done more to, to, prevent heart attacks than anything else we've done. They are dramatically powerful medicines. And yes, they can have some side effects in certain individuals, but overall, study after study after study has shown dramatic reductions in serious heart attacks. And so those are useful medicines. Now, would it help if people lost a lot of weight? Yes, it would, you know, but, but, we're realists. We have to be realists as physicians. And so, you know, we have to do the best for our patients. And if we think the best for our patients is to prescribe statins or blood pressure medicines, mm-hmm. uh, we'll do it and, and try to uh, help them as best we can. Hey there, it's Jill with a quick break from the conversation. Do you women feel like your body is starting to rebel and you're just aching to take back control again? For years, you've given so much to so many, and somehow parts of you just got lost in the mix. I know this because that's how it was for me. Well, it's time for you to make your comeback. You heard me right. That's why I wrote a five-step blueprint for how to start living your best years from this day forward. It's called Wicked, Ageless, and Doing Epic Shit. And you can download your own free copy today by visiting wickedawesomeyou.com slash ebook. And now let's get back to the show. Excellent. Well, that's a perfect segue to talk about solutions and AliveCore. Tell us about AliveCore 
and kind of a little bit how it came to be and just what it is that you do and it does. I saw the opportunity that we could take these magnificent things, these smartphones that control our lives. I, I say they're mm-hmm. the remote control for our lives. I order my Starbucks. I order my Uber. I order my plane ticket. <laughs> I look at my bank balance. We do everything. We, we, I look at pictures of my granddaughter. All of those things is, are controlled by our smartphone. And, you know, Steve Jobs, it was his, in 2007, oh, one more thing. He was poo-pooed by people from Nokia and Motorola. Guess who won? Well, he, he unfortunately didn't get to see the ultimate fulfillment. But the reality is I saw the opportunities, the power and connectivity of a smartphone yeah. to enable people to directly connect their heart information to their doctor, no matter where they were or when it was, anywhere, anytime. And to that end, developed a, a, a device that enabled someone to take an ECG, an electrocardiogram rhythm strip, and and transmit it anywhere in the world, literally within seconds, so they could have what could potentially be life-critical information in the hands of somebody who could help them. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, that maybe was a crazy idea at the time. And, and, and in 2010, I was, said, I was told heart disease is a problem of aging. Uh, old people like me have heart disease. Good news is I don't, but old people do. Buggers. Uh, and, buggers. and old people then didn't have smartphones. In 2010, maybe 10% of people over the age of 65. So remember the old quote from the, the, the famous ice hockey player, Wayne Gretzky, don't skate to the puck, skate to where the puck's going. That's how you succeed. And so I guess a little bit of skating to where the puck was going, because today in 2020, almost all seniors have a smartphone. Yep. And so we evolved and grew as they did. And, and today we have sometime in the next month, a live core will cross a million devices sold. And we the start. device, how do you describe the device? Well, the device is a small, I have one in my hand here. Yeah. One of devices. It's, sure. it's a small, I would call it band-aid size device mm-hmm. that you either hold in your hands and it records and transmits your electrocardiogram to the smartphone, displays it there, analyzes the rhythm on that smartphone, and then is, in a, is able to transmit that uh, to a, directly to a doctor, to a cardiologist, anywhere in the world. So that, that basic function, which we demonstrated in 2010, is still what we do in, in 2020. And we've added a lot of features and a lot of capabilities mm-hmm. and process more AI, very strong in AI um, to help both you as a user empower you. Because one of the things we, I, I'm not sure I recognize this, is by providing people information, you turn patients into empowered patients. And when you turn patients into empowered patients, they become compliant patients. They become mm. part of their own care and their outcomes are better. It's like they're not just following orders anymore. Right. They are they are part of the decision and the observation and yeah, that they're that's part a great of their point. care. Well, well, you know, the probably the world's most famous cardiologist Dr. Eric Topol who is a I, I've been mm-hmm. very fortunate, he's been a good friend and a huge yes. advocate for us. I mean, he wrote a book, The Patient Will See You Now. 
okay? And that was the whole notion that the old paternalistic Marcus Welby, just do what I tell you and you'll be fine. That, that error is gone. We have informed consumers who at their fingertips through that smartphone or this laptop can get instant information and will ask hard questions. And yes, sometimes Dr. Google may not have all the right answers, but we in medicine have to just appreciate that's not going away. So we're going to have more informed people. We need them to be more engaged and, and we'll get better outcomes. So that's part of the power of the Alive Core solutions is that they empower patients to be better patients. So when does someone know they need to track what's going on with their heart? Because I would imagine I'm not at my, well, maybe I am. (laughs) I don't know. But like, when do we need to pay attention? When do we need something like this? Yeah, on your next birthday when you're 29. That's probably to a Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I've been married 36 years, okay? Uh, (laughs) Let me say this. There are children who have heart disease, okay? There are Mm -hmm. children who have it, but that's very rare. Okay. Uh, There are people in their 20s and 30s. It's rare. People in their 40s, a little less rare. People in their 50s, getting less rare. But, But heart disease manifests. It may be building up over decades. It manifests after the age of 60 in most people. And so I can tell you, for instance, our customers, the average age of our customers is in their 60s. The two biggest decades of our customers, 60 to 80. Those are the two biggest decades. Those are not exactly your 35-year-old uh, right. fitness band user customer. But I like to say one thing. Uh, not every consumer is a patient, but every patient's a consumer. And so those people, you know, either, and, and by the way, this is public domain. More than half of our devices are sold because a cardiologist tells the person to go buy it, okay? And if you look at the top cardiac centers, nobody pays attention to that U.S. News and World Report listing except everybody. All the top heart centers utilize AliveCore devices and utilize AliveCore solutions and use them all the time because they're simple, they're inexpensive, right. and they're clinical quality. So we've, we've got over 100 peer-reviewed publications validating the technology. So that part, you know, we we started by this old guy who'd been in academic medicine and and had been doing this for a long time. So we knew we had to validate it. We had to have uh, uh, the major institutions believe in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, I mentioned UCSF. If we don't prove it to the UCSFs and the Mayo Clinic and public disclosure, Mayo Clinic's an investor in AliveCore. Okay. If we don't prove it to them, They'll never use it. They certainly won't recommend it to their patients. Right. And so we had to do that. And, and uh, you know, that validation gives the patient comfort. And so, you know, people buy it at all ages, but I've just told you most of our customers are in the age when they may have manifested some, some form of heart disease. And now they're become, pay- they go from being just consumers, mm-hmm. just worried well, to being patients. So let's say my doctor doesn't recommend it, right? But it's something that I want to be able to do. And yet he's not accepting the data, so to speak. Like his, his office is not set up to uh, his daily practices. And is there a way for people to kind of 
take charge on their own? Yeah, as a matter of fact, there is. So first of all, oh, okay. our product is available over the counter, so you can buy it mm-hmm. through uh, uh, that smiley face company that sells us everything online. Uh, you yes. can buy it from the live core. Um, and then in the app, once you buy the device, you have the ability to, to print a PDF report or email that, but you also have the ability in the app itself to send your recording off to a board-certified cardiologist. Oh, that. okay. And that that expert analysis will come back to the app, all securely done, all HIPAA compliant. And so we give you the ability to get an expert to look at it. And and I would tell you that that we just introduced a new service we call CardioCare, where we'll be expanding that capability mm-hmm. and and enabling you to seek care if you don't have a cardiologist of your own. And so I, I think these are, we want to empower people, you know, we want to help those doctors who recommend it. We certainly love them to recommend it and keep using it, but we want to make sure that we provide services to those patients who don't have a cardiologist and give them the ability to find out if A, they need care and then B, seek it. I'm wondering, so there's been, you know, a lot of hoopla around, you know, some of the smart watch makers um, adding heart rate tracking and things like that. Apple Watch in particular, I think Samsung maybe, I'm not, I, I don't even really use those. I know that yours is sort of like, a cut way above. How do you guys differ? And besides being absolute pioneers in this? Besides being field? a lot better, how do we differ? Well, uh, like what? How would people understand the differences? Let, let me just say this. We, we, the Apple Watch, Apple's a great company. You know, mm-hmm. you can't argue with their success. Yeah. Uh, and they introduced an EKG function on their smartphone a couple of years ago. And our company has done nothing but grow exponentially since that time, and maybe to everyone's surprise. But you know, I would also say that's one function. Most people who buy an Apple Watch don't buy it, nor use it, nor need that function. They buy it for all the other things that an Apple Watch does. I'm an Apple Watch, you know, mm-hmm. calendars and phone and alerts and track my workouts and all those things that are that are valuable to people. And, you know, Samsung and Fitbit and the other companies making wearables are, are following Apple's lead. And so we have no doubt. We're focused on patients and delivering clinical quality data to patients. Like I mentioned. The back end. Is... Heart centers all over the world, not just here in the United States, utilize a live core, believe in a live core, understand. And we've spent a lot of effort uh, making our products clinical quality and and validating that quality. So, you know, I'm not going to, I don't downplay anybody's products. Uh, what I would say is, I will tell you, ours are the best for a variety of reasons. In yeah. fact, the one I have here in my hand, this is our latest device. This is called the Cardio Mobile 6L. And in, instead of one lead, which is what our original product did, the Cardio Mobile mm-hmm. uh, or the Apple Watch, this one actually gives you six leads or half of the 12 lead ECG. When you go into a doctor's office or a hospital, they put all those electrodes on you. And they do what's called a 12 lead ECG. Well, this device that fits in your pocket can do half of that 12 lead ECG and give your cardiologist far more information on a variety of conditions 
that you quite quite frankly you can't diagnose with either our device or any other single lead. And so it's a it's a I, I hate to use a trite phrase, but other people have done it. It's a game changer, and that's yeah. that's a huge driver for us and for all the cardiologists. So in many instances, this is what they recommend today that their patients get. The difference is eighty nine dollars versus one hundred and forty nine. We've tried from the beginning to make our products affordable for anybody. Mm-hmm. No, you know, you go in almost anything you do in medicine, you have a copay. And so we want it to always be not much more than a copay or than a couple of copays. And so I think we've succeeded in that. So as I said, we'll soon cross a million devices sold. I don't think that's been a huge barrier. Uh, our, our pricing hasn't been a barrier. That is, it's amazing what you guys have done. And um, I feel personally so strongly about getting the information out because so many people don't know uh, still. And they're, Doctors aren't, they, maybe they're not familiar or they're not sharing this information. So I'm really grateful that you were able to join us today to talk about this and Thanks. really understand how technology is actually going to truly, truly help women's health as a category. So thank you for that. Before we wrap up, I have a couple uh, questions that we ask. I'll what's try. the one what's the one ritual in your day that you never forget to do and why? I tell my wife I love her. Oh. That is the most important ritual in my life. Um, okay, what are the two most lovely. important words for a 36 years of marriage? Yes, dear. <laughs> the old expression of if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. I can tell you everybody in our family knows that's true. And so that's a ritual that I, you know, no matter where I'm in the world, I got to figure out what time it is where she is and make sure she knows I love her. So that's- Good uh, lessons. Good lessons. That's a great one. I often talk about self-care as me care, basically taking care. How do you take care of me? And so if you were going to be stuck on a fictitious desert island, what's the one me care product you'd want to take with you? Toothbrush. No doubt about it, because to be honest with you, there's a huge association between gum disease and heart disease, inflammation, what you- I had no idea. <laughs> global, I mean, body-wide inflammation. Inflammation causes atherosclerosis, causes arthritis, causes all kinds of problems. And so I'd want a toothbrush. You know, even if I- Awesome. Salt water, <laughs> that would be the me care product I would like to have on that island. That is so interesting. I, I didn't even know the, the correlation. That's, yeah, that's a good one. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so where can everyone connect to you online? Well, uh, Dr. Dave. All right, so on Twitter, I am Dr. Dave01, D R D A V E 01. And that's true on LinkedIn also. And I accept LinkedIn requests from people who have questions. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Nice. Uh, and and I think those are the best ways. The best. And the her. and the website, which we're going to put all this information in the show notes. But the website to www.alivecor.com. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you so 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 much. I can't wait to get your son on, and I I just can't thank you enough. Um, you you, you stay safe with your your family. You also um, through all of this, and I hope you get to hug that granddaughter soon. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. That wraps up our show for the week. 
Thank you to Dr. Dave for joining me to talk about one of the most important topics for women. He's truly an astounding cardiologist and inventor. Listen, I know there are so many fun topics to cover for women as we age, because let's be honest, aging isn't all dark and gloomy. There are some pretty awesome things that happen. And while we want to bring you all the fun stuff, we also know it's important to provide you with the information and tools to protect your health. Our goal is always to introduce you to solutions for anything that life throws at us. And that means not just skincare and feel-good products, but also your health. And by the way, if you're ready to start asking questions and engaging in conversations about your health, wellness, and beauty, then you've got to join our Wicked Awesome Women Over 40 Facebook community. To join us, visit www.facebook.com slash Wicked Awesome You. Anti-Aging Uncensored Podcast is the new kid on the block and thrilled to be part of this growing podcast world. If you love what you've heard today, know there's lots more to come, and you won't want to miss the upcoming episodes. So be sure to subscribe and get access to our episodes every single week. We have so many compelling topics and experts lined up just for you. And one more ask, please leave us a review because that shows the rest of the world that we are a podcast worth listening to. Let's unite to help every amazing driven woman over 40 live tomorrow like it's better than today.